Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. All right, everybody. Welcome to Revolution. Thanks for being here. We got everybody's out enjoying the nice day today, I think. Um, except for those listening online. Maybe you're out enjoying the nice day, Probably. listening online, having a run, mm-hmm. listening to a online podcast church. Um, well, we've been doing a lot of great things, and... Um, We've got Meet Your Congregation going on on Instagram. If you haven't seen that, go check that out. If you want to be a part of that, let us know. Yeah. Instagram us a photo and a little quote And we might even want to interview you on our podcast called Meet the Congregation, which me and Caleb do. And Caleb is here with me right now. Hello, Caleb. Hello. <laughs> welcome, to, uh, welcome to the stage. Um, me and Caleb... Uh, Yesterday? Two days ago. Two days ago. Yeah. Um, went to a protest for the treatment of basically these... Concentration pe- camps. Con- yeah, I mean, in these kids in cages and everything that's going on. And I just wanted to talk with Caleb about it for a few minutes and and ask you... Um, you got you, you found out where to go, and we went and mm-hmm. and kind of like what what drew you to it, and uh, why did we go? <laughs> why did we go? Uh, we you, you and I had been talking about it, uh, I guess, a lot leading up to this, and like you've brought it up in sermons a lot or talks here recently, and uh, it popped up in my Instagram feed just because I follow some things. You know, related around that, and this it was lightsforliberty.org yeah. that brought us there, and uh, they had just happened. I don't even follow them, or I hadn't before directly, and uh, it came up, and it just seemed, it was a God thing. <laughs> it just lined up, you know. Some and there was tour. like, what, seven of them happening around the city? There were, I think, about ten. Okay. Yeah, yeah, in the cities. So there was a big one in uh, St. Paul, and then some here locally in Minneapolis and uh yeah it just seemed like we cuz you texted me specifically and you said this is effed up yeah what do we do and i was like man i i have no idea like we can we can talk to people you know you even i think jay i think you brought up maybe even going you know if we if we had the funding you know going to something closer to the border and and doing something like that but you know that's not uh, a, an option for us right now, and and I don't want this, this to sound like we're like patting ourselves on the back, like we did this great thing. We went no. to a protest for like forty five yeah. minutes. Yeah, you know, like what did we actually change? Nothing, I would say. But but we were. It was inspiring, and it was uh, encouraging, and it was emotional to yeah. see these people and to hear these testimonies. And so it, it kind of just kind of fell into my lap, and I brought it up to you, and you said, "Absolutely, let's go." And I guess that's what what got us there. For me, you know, I mean, there was a lot of singing, a lot of protest signs, you know, usual stuff. Um, but I think what got me mostly was the testimonies yeah. that, that they were reading from people who had been in the camps mm-hmm. and hearing what the conditions are like. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and thinking what it would be like if my children were in that yeah. predicament, mm-hmm. you know, 
and it was just, I mean, you were crying. I was crying the whole time. The whole time, yeah. you know? Yeah. And um, it was super emotional, you know? Mm-hmm. What did, what, 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 what's, did any, would, I mean, I think for both of us, those, that's what stuck out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Any of the stories particularly stick out to you? I mean, just hearing about, you know, there was one gentleman who spoke. He got too choked up to, I think, even finish his planned statement or his story. But he was talking about, um, I don't know what camps he had experienced personally, but he was talking about himself being in camps and sleeping on cement floors and being underfed. And there's just, there's no humanity here. You know, let let's throw aside. Yeah, probably most of the people there were liberals. I yeah, I'm, I'm sure most of the people there leaned one way um, politically. But if can we just like throw that aside? And this has been a, a theme in revolution here recently. Like throwing that aside, throwing religious affiliations aside, throwing political affiliations aside. Th- this is just inhumane. Especially and the strongest voice that I think that I've heard in defense is, oh, well, their parents shouldn't have brought them here in the first place. Like, oh, well, they knew what they were getting themselves into. Okay, let's let's assume that's true. Yeah. Let's assume, yeah, the parents made this awful choice for their kids. That is 0% these children's fault. Yeah. And I'm not even, I am not even endorsing that, that stance. You know, I'm, I'm, I reject the idea that the parents shouldn't have tried to to cross the border in the first place. But assuming that is true, that is 0% on these kids yeah. who, like you've said recently, are, are, are having to fend for themselves and other children yeah. and feed other children and, and bathe them. You know, there's like these people cannot bathe themselves. They cannot feed themselves. They cannot clothe them. They have one set of clothing that I think that, I think they said that they were stripped of the clothes that they came in yeah, with and were given new. That the clothes were taken from them. The rest of their clothes were taken from them and thrown out. Yeah. I mean, one of the other stories was is that they said that how they would come in at two thirty in the morning and take the take their mattresses away, mm-hmm. and how this pregnant woman and her like two year old had to sleep on the concrete floor at two thirty. You know, in the morning because they would say we're taking these away, and that it felt like like torture you know like mental torture Mm -hmm. another one of the stories was is that a kid said he kept waking up every every hour of the night hungry just so Mm -hmm. hungry he didn't know woken up by their hunger yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know um and i think i think the statement was made that you know prisoners are treated better yeah you know prisoners have more rights right than these children Mm mm-hmm and no matter no matter what circumstances got them here, like I mean, they're only allowed to bathe once a month. Yeah, one of the people was saying that mm-hmm. they only got to bathe once a month, mm-hmm. and that their kids were walking around with no pants because the kids soiled the pants, and they weren't given any new pants or clothes for the kids to have. They're not washing people's clothes. Mm-hmm. They're not giving that diapers. They're mm-hmm. not giving basic needs. Mm-hmm. And someone was like, "Well, you know, that costs lots of money." I can't imagine that toothbrushes and mattresses mm-hmm. and diapers and those things cost millions of dollars. Right. And if they do, I can't understand why there can't be a compromise to at least mm-hmm. meet the people's needs. I'm not even saying open the borders. I'm not saying that. I'm right. just saying 
Yeah. You know, if you're going to if you're going to do this, yeah. If this is how you're going to do this, treat these people mm-hmm. civilly, do not separate families, mm-hmm. and don't put people in freaking cages. Yeah. Right. It's That's a good point inhumane. too. Is that the expended effort, the choice to expend effort, time, energy, money on putting these people in cages if you don't also have whatever resources it could possibly conceivably take to give them fresh diapers yeah to give them a vegetable every few days so that you know they're not contracting these diseases and things like that like it's it is an absurd thing and it's happening right now man I'm leaving kids in vans for 36 hours i mean this is horrific you know yeah. and so what we did is we went to a protest because we felt like that's all we can do. I mean, we've reached out to people and asked them to do stuff. Mm. I've reached out to some of my conservative friends, asking them who have money and have influence to do something. Because I'm like, you do something for other people over there, you know, overseas and all this stuff. I'm like, we've got a human crisis right now. Yeah, it's a crisis. You know, and towing anybody's party line at this point mm-hmm. is absurd. Right. You know, I don't care how much I love the president or love that. I disagree with the way Obama treated immigrants. I think he 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 messed up and and treated people poorly. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't know why people can't say you know Trump is missing the boat on this one. You know, even if you fall over, it's like it's like this allegiance that goes beyond basic human compassion and nature. Yeah, you know. I, I once heard someone say that, you know, the, one of the issues with Martin Luther King that they had was is that he's like, you love your enemies and change them, you know, because, you know, they, they have a heart or their soul. And he's like, you know, he, and they said, my problem with King is that he assumed that these people had hearts. And that really shook me. Yeah. Because I'm a huge follower of King, you know. And it's like, at this point, you, you start to wonder, I mean, do these people have the capability to be compassionate and loving rather than writing long, long responses and justifying, justifying and blaming these people who were trying to get better lives for their kids, just justifying it through politics, mm-hmm. through money, through, oh, I don't want to put money, more money in my taxes. Well, I'm like, well, then, you know, you, you, you voted this way, send money. I talked to a conservative who's, who actually did send money to help get plane tickets for a family to fly out there and or get out from there, you know, and um, I was like, "Yeah, that's you're doing something." Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. It's like, 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 what can we do together to bring us together when humans are suffering and they're suffering all over the world? But this is something that we're doing, yeah. you know, that doesn't represent, mm-hmm. I think, what this country stands for, right. you know, yeah. Yeah, and that was the thing, too. Is there's a lot of signs that people held at the protests that, that were focusing on, on freedom and on you know just humanity, just basic human rights and things like that. And it is just so ironic that those signs could be held. I hate that we're kind of uh, harping on the political allegiances here, but it's, it's just it's, – it's kind of in your face. Like those signs could be held at a protest – 
there was a, a, a you know a, a hard right protest yeah about freedom and liberty and things like that and it's like it can we are we defining these words right if these things are still happening like if if you could take one of those signs you know and and, and i don't i can't think of an example off the top of my head but and and hold it you know at a conservative protest and then those same people are giving the you know the prefra- the prefabricated excuses you know like well they shouldn't have come here in the first place or you know we're we're de- we're trying to uh, defend what's ours. It's just, I still, I feel like I still like a broken record player right now, but it's yeah. just it, yeah, it's kind of d- disgusting. Well, and one of the things that's gotten me is people going, "Well, did you protest when Obama was doing similar stuff?" Right. And you got some feedback on social media about that too. Yeah, right? and he wasn't. Sep- you know, I don't know that he was separating children from their parents. I don't believe that was the case. I don't believe that uh, that was what was happening. But at the same point, I'm like, but did you? You know, you didn't even you hated Obama, and you still didn't fight against this then. So what's the point? You know, I mean, the point is like, you know, you're telling me why didn't I do it back then? You know, I'm going like, why didn't you do it then? Yeah. You know, why aren't we all just doing it now? Why are we putting so much faith in in in? Why are we just blaming? You know, scapegoating? Yeah. You know, it's like, well, Obama did it, so it's okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, That's it's true. not. Yeah. You know, if I would have known more about it at the time, mm-hmm. I would have been protesting right. that. And I feel like if if both sides, if all sides, not even just to make it, you know, binary, if all sides were to drop political allegiances and just say, hey, these are some mor- some morals that we stand for, then a lot of the people who who would otherwise be you know, tweeting you or, or, or DMing you yeah. with all this bullshit, to be honest, yeah. would not be if, if we dropped, if, if, if we were blinded to political allegiances, I feel like who would not be on the same page here besides just the most hateful, misguided, brainwashed people in the world yeah. who, what, what, conservative christian and my family is made up largely of, of people like this what would what one of them would endorse what's happening here yeah. and i go back to you know like in matthew 25 like when i was when i was hungry you fed me yeah. when when i had poop in my diaper in a fucking cage pardon my language but you know you you changed my diaper you paid five bucks for me to be able to eat for a week yeah when mary and joseph got taken away you know, because they, they, I was an immigrant or whatever. Like, if how we treat others is how we treat Christ, if that's something you subscribe to, which I'm not going to try to convince anyone to subscribe to that, but if that, if that lesson, if that structure holds any weight to you, yeah, then what are you doing to, this sounds so silly, but what are you doing to baby Jesus in the cage yeah. right now? What 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 did Christ do to merit this treatment? What did a human do to merit this treatment? It's tragic, man. It's it is absurd and it is tragic. It is. Thanks, Caleb. I'm gonna yeah. get into the sermon now, but I just wanted to talk about that. And obviously you can see we're very passionate about it. Um strange thing is I just posted a couple things pictures of the protest and just said, you know, basically it doesn't matter where political side you're on. This is just a tragedy we need to talk about. 
I did one on Twitter that said, you know, Christian, atheist, conservative, liberal, you know, any, anyone in between, you know, should be standing up against this. You know, it's just, just kids in cages is what we're talking about. It's just a simple thing. And um, it's the most pushback I've gotten in a long time. I used to have a lot of uh, neo-Calvinists that used to like to attack me over my theology. Um, but the def- people were so defensive and so willing to defend the choices that are going into causing suffering, it just broke my heart, you know? Because to be honest with you, lately I've had more issue with my liberal friends, my left friends, because of some of the ways I see them scapegoating and using, you know, making everybody who's a conservative an enemy and this, and, you know, and I'm going like, guys, you know, we're, 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 we're doing the same thing. You know, calling calling them names and saying they're this and they're that and they're you know or mentally ill or whatever. I mean, like that's an insult to mental health people, anyway. But I mean, you know, we're doing the repeating the same thing. We're just in a cycle of 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 I don't even know what the cycle would be. A cycle of just this, we're just doing we're just returning the favor. I once heard uh, Brian, Mc- not Brian McLaren, it was um, Brennan Manning say, you know, God created us in his image and we return the favor. You know, it's like we're doing the same things as, as liberals, you know, we go in there, we're like, oh, you know, we're going to have our own radio stations, we're going to have our own, and I'm like, it's like when I found out atheists, some atheists were wanting to start churches, and I said, don't do it, don't make the same mistake we did. It doesn't work, you know? It's awful. And I was, you know, being honest. I was like, don't do it. It's not worth it. Trust me. You know, we're stuck in this model. Don't copy our model, you know? Um, But, of course, I'm one of those people that probably wouldn't go to church if I didn't pastor one. So um, maybe I would listen online and donate lots of money. No, I'm just kidding. Um... Kind of. Um, But let's... uh, I'm like, can't get away from Galatians. I'm not sorry. But that's my favorite book in the Bible. And this situation has brought me back again to Galatians. Um, And so we're going to... I'm going to try to you know, not keep us here too long, but I want to talk about it. In Galatians five thirteen, it says, For you are called to freedom, brothers and sisters, only do not use this freedom as an opportunity for self-indulgences. Now, I want to talk about that for a second, because Paul is saying to these people, like, some of the self-indulgences was works like trying to do good things and earn God's approval. You know, he's saying, don't go back to the law. Don't go back to man-made religion. Don't go back to these practices, you know. Even though it might make you feel better about yourself, going back to these practices doesn't work. And so sometimes our self-indulgences is saying, my side's right. We've got, it, we've got all the answers, you know. Um, if you just did A, B, and C everything would work out. 
Um, and don't worry, I'm going to get to what I think might be a better answer to that in a minute. But only do not use the freedom for self-indulgences, but through love become slaves to one another. And that's pretty powerful. I mean, I, I, I think the word slaves can be extremely triggering, but this is a time where he knew, you know, knew what slavery was. A lot of people were slaves. And, you know, he's saying, go out of your way. Do things that you don't want to do for other people. Compromise, you know, work together through love. Not through like, oh, I should do this, but because you love that person, because you love the other. It says, for the whole law is summed up in a single commandment, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So that's the thing is like, why do I put my kids in the picture when I go to these events? Because that allows me to have more empathy. I wouldn't leave my kids alone at home by themselves, you know? It's like me and Karen had to have a talk one time, and we realized, like, the kids had been in the house for 30 minutes. I was like, oh, we got to get back, you know, in there. I went one time, just went to the bathroom and came out, and my kids' faces were covered in black permanent marker. You know, kids do a lot of crazy stuff when they're left alone. And I couldn't imagine expecting them to feed each other, take care of each other, and change each other at three, almost four, and two. But that's what's happening with adults standing around. People who work for government. I've lost a lot of faith in government. Um, It says... If, however, you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. And this is what I'm seeing is nothing. You know, I was arguing online, which is not a fun thing to do, especially because I was out and about trying to enjoy my Saturday kid-free, you know, and all of a sudden I get a a response to an Instagram, and I'm like, freeze, everybody. Just, I got to stay here in this and I got I to gotta comment, you know. Why are you letting them come? I had to block somebody yesterday. First time I've blocked somebody probably in since, I've one other person since Instagram has started. And I get a lot of wild stuff Instagrammed to me. And this was a direct message, you know. And this guy just was like, oh, you're falling into the liberal trap. Oh, you've done all this. And I'm like, listen, I'm not, I don't care about left or right. I'm, I'm trying to get us to talk about this stuff. I'm caring about these kids. You know, what are we going to do about these kids? And he kept going, kept going, kept going. He was like, you know, your father should be ashamed. You know, no wonder your father's ashamed of you, which I know that my father's not ashamed of me. That's, you know, here nor there. But I was like, okay, whatever, you know. And then eventually he goes, I know you, you know, he, he went personal again and said, I know you hate your dad. And he stand, you know, and I just finally was like, okay, that's a block. So we're going to block you. But that was because we were getting to a place where I would start biting and devouring once as well. Like, I was like, okay, my tolerance for giving grace at this point has been passed. So I need to just end this conversation completely. And so I just blocked. And I hate doing that. You know, had another conversation online with somebody, and I keep saying, you know, it's not about right or left. It's not about this or that. You know, I'm like, I keep trying to come back to that and they keep giving me more and more propaganda from their 
party line. And I'm like, listen, what if we just did this? You know, like, what if we just did toothbrushes and toothpaste and food and diapers and clothes and washing machines and regular showers and three meals a day? You know what I mean? Like, just that. What if we, we can all probably agree that that's, you know, and at one point he's like, yeah, if, there's an, if there was another way to do it, I would be a part of that. And I'm like, okay, well, this is the way we do it. And then came back with more. Now, I don't want to harp against my conservative friends. I'm not trying to put them in the box because I've seen my liberal brothers and sisters, and I consider myself more liberal, um, do, the, do similar things. Um, and I'm going to talk about why I think we probably shouldn't do that. Um, but, but, that but biting and devouring, we are destroying one another while these people's lives are being destroyed. We're consuming each other while people are suffering based on religion and politics. But the most important commandment is love your neighbor as yourself. And we become, we've become blind to this. We've forgotten who our neighbor is. As a country, Mexico, guess what, is our neighbor. I mean, Jesus gets down to it and says, those Samaritans that you don't like, those are your neighbors. When the lawyer tests him and says, who's my neighbor? And he tells the story of the good Samaritan. And then the lawyer goes, you know, he goes, who was, the, who, who was, who was acting most godly here? Well, the person who helped him. The, the lawyer didn't even want to say the word Samaritan because they had such a prejudice towards Samaritans. That's why when Paul goes, oh, yeah, Samaritans are in. People lose their mind. People don't realize the evolution that happens in the Bible of inclusion. No male, no female, no Jew, no Gentile, no free, no slave, all are one. Like, all of a sudden, I mean, he's like going beyond and building on Jesus. He's building on Jesus' mess, and that's what we continue to do. We continue to evolve. You know, there's neither gay nor straight. Now, some people will be like, wait a second, there, you know, we've got, to have, we've got to have titles and things like that. I'm like, yeah, but what we are is we're humans, human beings, first and foremost. And we all flawed, and we all fall in love, and we all get broken hearts, and we all go through all this kind of weird stuff that there's a, a, an option to empathize with others, you know? A lot of people that I met when I was in doing work with Soul Force, which is an LGBTQ rights group, a lot of the people who I met who were more conservative on, on, the, on the road with us said, well, I just sat down and talked to somebody, and that changed my heart. Or it was my son or my daughter, and I just, one group was going to this church, and their daughter took her life. And they agreed with this church wholeheartedly. They were members of this church and everything. I mean, this church supported the, the um, what is it when they try to, when you try to change someone's sexuality, what's that called again? Conversion therapy, the church. And so this young woman took her life, hung herself. And they said, now we have to live in regret for the rest of our lives that we didn't leave this church earlier. And I actually sat with them and that pastor and members of that community and tried to have a conversation about it. God, it was intense. But their firsthand experience said, that changed me. And so some of us have to 
have these experiences, but we have firsthand experience as human beings that seems that we are, could somehow have compassion for one another. I use the Bible as my tool. I believe in that my theology is changing a lot where I don't think I have to completely rely on the Bible. I don't think it's a magic book. I think you take all the mysticism out of that right now, and it's still love your neighbor as yourself. Don't tear each other apart. Okay? You don't have to mystify that as magical Jesus juice or anything like that. You know what I mean? That's just be nice to each other. Try to watch out for each other. You know, be civilized. Don't go to a place where you're destroying another person's life because of your own convictions. Um, Galatians 5.22 says, uh, by contrast, the fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And Paul says there is no thing there is no law against such things, and because he's he's trying to talk to people who are falling back into the law, and he's trying to say, if these things are part of your life, you are you're you're part of law. And he goes, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified their flesh with passion and desire. If we live by the Spirit, let us also be guided by the Spirit. Let us not come conceited, competing against one another, envying one another. So don't get caught up in a thing where you're where you're competing against one another, envying one another, you know, and don't become conceited. I like that. Let us not become conceited because that's the opposite of peace, patience. But what happens when we think our politics are the best politics and this and that, we become a little bit conceited. Our way or the highway. You know, and we, we, Pete's helped me because he doesn't come from this country. So he has a completely different look at like conservatives and liberals in America. And he goes, well, Jay, this is the problem with the conservatives. But Jay, this is also the problem with the, you know, he points that out. He pointed it out in, in when I was going through my separation and my marriage. He's like, yeah, she did this, but Jay, you also did this. You know, it's what good to have a best friend who will be honest with you, even when it hurts. You know? And he was talking about a bill that didn't pass because, you know, Democrats didn't want it to pass. But he's like, you know, that bill could have probably helped make things better if they would have helped it pass. You know, so you go like, oh, this is, this is not this black and white issue that we want to make it out to be. It's not good versus evil. I mean, think about putting your faith in a politician. A politician. Our politicians are screwed up. You know, I mean, I remember when I first got involved in politics, I thought the savior of the universe was Bill Clinton. You know, and now you look back and you see the errors in his ways. But at the time, I was like a teenager and sold out. And I was like, this is the answer. This guy, you know, he was on MTV. He's talking to the people. You know, this is our, this is going to, this is going to be our, this is going to save everything. This is going to change everything. You know, not much changed. Um, Morrissey has a song about presidents comes and goes and, and within weeks no one remembers their names, you know. Um, you know, and then when George W. became president, I thought, oh, it can never get any worse. You know, and now we've got 
Trump as president. I'm like, oh, okay, get in there worse, you know. And then we had Obama, and I was like, oh, here's the one who will save us. You know, didn't save us. Didn't we treated people at the border like shit too. You know, so I'm just saying, let's just check our facts. You know, I have no problem with them being like Obama did. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. I should have probably been at a protest. But so should have you. We both should have been there together. And all I'm saying is, is now we know, let's do it together. Let's just say no more, like, this isn't going to be a political thing anymore. This is going to be something that has to change through the voices of a group of human beings who are outraged. Compromising for the love of God or and humanity. So that's what I'm kind of calling on is, 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 is way we look at, at compromising. Now, Galatians, jump back. Paul talks about the opposites of the fruits of the Spirit first. And this is what he says in, um, in, 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 uh, in 19. It says, now works of the flesh are obvious. Fornication, impurity, luscious, liciousness, idolatry, Sorcery, which is one I really struggle with, you know. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I wear my big pointy hat, and um, enmities, which I can't forget that one. But this is the ones I, I really I highlight this stuff here: strife, jealousy, anger. Now hear this: quarrels, dissension, and factions, and envy. See, and these are what the flesh bring about. These are the opposites of the fruit of the Spirit. Factions. I mean, how many denominations exist? And how many sub-denominations exist? I have a friend who grew up Lutheran. So you go, oh, Lutheran, I love Lutherans. They're like the best. Oh, no, it was um, Missouri Synod's Lutheran. Oh, they don't love everybody. Oh, they feel this way. They're hard. You know what I mean? So it's like, and they split, you know, and you've got all these subgroups of groups and groups of groups, and we can continue to create our own factions. And then we've got these two giant groups right now that are conservative and Republican. I mean, Republican. Conservative and liberal. <laughs> Baptocostal. You know, we've got these two that, sides that are got these factions, and so we're not getting anything done. And that's why I'm saying maybe compromise is the way to go. A compromise isn't just mean that we just you give up and you give up, but also means it's a co-promise. You know? Why did my marriage fall apart? Because there were areas in our marriage that neither one of us could compromise. So we realized we couldn't do it. Tried. Tried like hell. And you know what? The split was painful just like the split I'm seeing now. But we have these factions, the left and the right. What are we going to do? Have we put too much faith in our politicians? And in some ways, Pete talks about how often people let the pastor and churches, the leaders and churches, believe on behalf of the congregation, that they believe on behalf of for you. Well, have we, have we done the same thing with politicians and allowed them to have responsibility on our behalf. Allowed them to free us from our responsibilities. 
And so if I just retweet this person and I just say this is the person who's going to, you know, out of the 55 Democrats that are running, I choose one and go, okay, this is the one who's going to really change everything. You know, yeah, the things will, you know, they'll make movements and things will happen, but we're still the ones that have to change things. And sadly, like if Revolution was a super mega church, there would be no choice for us but to get trucks and U-Hauls of needs of soap and water and clothes and diapers and toothbrushes and drive them out to the border and make sure that they had those. And just like, all right, our church is going to supply that. Unfortunately, we're not that way. I've contacted a few mega churches and said, hey, can we do this? And they're like, oh, there's just so much and it's just so overwhelming. And I'm like, yeah, I know, but you guys have, like, all this money. Can you take some of this money and get these things, get them donated? You know, um, one of the things that um, – uh, what's his name? Um, the Simple Way. From The Simple Way. Why am I blocking his name out? Shane Claiborne. He's reached out to – tried to reach out and met with some of the people from Samaritan's Purse, which is um, – Franklin Graham's church or Franklin Graham's ministry and we all know Franklin Graham's very conservative and he's reached out and tried to meet with them and said can we do some of these boxes that you guys do for kids overseas these these care packages can we do those for the people who are at the border in these situations which we could supply just the things that I've named off but for some reason they won't they can't do it they can't work we can't work together this isn't a problem. I've never felt so powerless in my life. We keep looking for a savior or a king to solve our problems. That's exactly what they did with Jesus is they thought Jesus, you know, a lot of people thought Jesus was going to be the king. Like he was literally going to take over Israel, free them from Roman occupation, and rule. And he didn't do that. He died like a common criminal on a cross. And some people say that even believe that, some theologians believe that Judas believed this so firmly that he thought if he pushed the hand of the Romans to arrest Jesus, then Jesus would probably call down angels and fire and all that stuff and finally take over. Like he was like, let's just make this move. That he wasn't betraying him because he was, didn't like him or wanted to betray him, but he thought, well, if I do this, then he'll just bring down down the pain and set us free from this oppression and from our oppressor, even though he's telling us to love our oppressors and care for them and do good to them. So even people who were looking for a savior wanted the savior to the savior shows up if you believe Jesus is a savior or a savior and want him to be a king and want him to head up politics to change everything. You do it. And Jesus goes, no, you do it. You love your enemies. You feed the hungry. You welcome the children. When you welcome the least of these, you welcome me. God can't exist without us. Just how it goes. God's not, we don't see giant hands coming down every now and then going, oh, let me, let me, let me. no, 
were those hands. That's where it says, take up your cross, die to your flesh, all that crazy stuff that seems to get mixed up in some idea that, that it, it should reflect on us feeling bad about ourselves when it's really us just trying to work to make, create a better world, a safer world for each other. There's got to be a third way. You know, and I hope the third way could be one way would be rather than focusing all our energy on uh, that we would actually focus all our energy on solving the problem rather than fighting each other constantly on this issue and scapegoating because it doesn't work. Loyalty to politicians doesn't work. I think it's great if you have somebody you believe in and you say, this is who I'm voting for more power to you. I've been there. I know what it feels like to get excited about politics and politicians. I'm not saying give up on politics completely, but I'm just saying don't see it as the magic pill, the silver bullet. Don't see it as the way that you don't have to do anything because you showed up and you checked a box and now it's all taken care of. Well, I voted. You know, on Instagram, everybody's holding their <laughs> the day on a voted sticker. It's like, oh, okay, you know, that's great. I'm glad you voted, and you're showing me that. You know, but what are we? What are we doing? Um, Chuck D from Public Enemy and his song "By the Time I Get to Arizona" said, "Neither party is mine, not the jackass or the elephant." And this was a song. By the time I get to Arizona, it was because they were trying to not see Martin Luther King Jr. Day as a holiday. They were fighting against that. And Chuck was saying, no one in the, these parties has the answer. You know? And as a young liberal kid, I remember listening to that going like, well, I mean, really, I don't know about that, you know? But, you know, who, you know, then we look at people like a Baptist minister who made a huge changes it didn't change everything, but you made huge changes and continues to draw the roadmap to love and compassion. Martin Luther King Jr., I think he's probably did more than any president ever has done for our country. I used to live in Atlanta. You can feel the effects of King in that city. I mean, it's just still there. The fruits are still there. That's why I've never liked the anti-gay movement because I've always tried to sit down and say, Okay, let's look at the fruits. It's not peace, pace, joy, and kindness. It's kids being homeless. It's kids taking their lives. It's families separating because, you know, they think their religion won't allow them to love one another anymore. You know, that's not good fruit. That's factions and dissension and quarrels and anger and envy. That's all that is. So what am I saying today? is we've just got too much towing the party line. There's something bigger than ourselves. Grace, love, faith, hope. These things, when put into action, can change things. When we can start seeing the other as evil, like blaming the parents. (laughs) It's the parents' fault. You know, we don't buy that. But now we're going, it's the Republicans' fault. And then they're going, no, it was the Democrats' fault because of this. You know, and it's going, okay, all right, who gives a shit whose fault it was at this point? This is a humanitarian crisis right here 
in our own country, let's solve this. Let's be an example to other people. Let's feed the hungry. Let's take care of They're the stranger. They're the other. I mean, it's all about the other. And I don't know why we can't see this. I can't, can't understand why we can't see. If Jesus says, love your enemies and be kind to them, I can't see why we just throw each other out and scapegoat each other all the time. Because to me, that's not loving. Why did me and my wife end up splitting up? And one of the reasons is because we loved each other and we loved our kids and we just knew that, that we couldn't take our kids through that. You know, so that was a tough decision to make. You know, what do we do now? We, we talk about the kids. How do we communicate? We talk about the kids. Are there times that we tell each other we love each other? You bet. Why do we love each other? Because we're parents of two wonderful kids. You know, I don't like the way she treated me. She doesn't like the way I treated her. We both have issues, but we've said we've got to put these aside because there's kids involved. All right, take that to a grander scale now, everyone, and go, oh, what about the children? What about the kids? That's all I've got today, but that's where I'm at, and I hope it causes you to think a little bit. Um. If you like what Revolution's doing, you can support us by going to revolutionchurch.com and clicking on the donation button there, or you can go to our Facebook page and donate there. We're trying to make more options for people to donate because there are people who come. I just talked to uh, our bookkeeper, who's in New York, and said, you know, how are we doing? What do we need? And he goes, you know, if people would, you know, if some people could just give $5 a month to $25 a month, that would really help and really make a difference. So, you know, he told me that. I asked I'm usually scared to ask that question, any financial questions. Um, but I have to be a good pastor to this church and, and keep it going. And so that's what he said. So I'm just going to put that out there here in the church and online to let you guys know that uh, any little bit helps us to continue to do this work that we're trying to do. And hopefully we'll be able to uh, do more of in the future. So thank you for listening. Uh, This has been Revolution Church. We'd like to remind you that our ministry is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com slash donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website. That was a post-Christian podcast. (laughs) Ha <laughs> ha